Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hi, I'm Mo Crumb. And I'm Harrison Crumb. And we're the Crummy Marathoners. This podcast is for beginners by beginners. If you're thinking about running your first marathon or half marathon or are in the process, this is for you. We realized as we were training that many resources out there expect people to know what they're doing when marathon training. Well, think of this as a marathon training guide for dummies. We'll go through many of the questions we have as we make our way through the beginning of our running journey and what we have learned. If we can inspire others to run a marathon, then we consider this a success. On today's episode, we kick off the first of a three-part series tackling some of the most common running injuries. Today, we'll be talking all about IT band syndrome with Dr. Dwayne Scotty. Hey everyone, welcome to Marathon Training for Beginners. We are really excited to bring you a three-part series with the one and only Dr. Dwayne Scotty on running injuries. Yeah, you guys, if you remember from earlier this season, we spoke with Dwayne about running through injuries, but we wanted to dive deep this time into three specific most common running injuries, what causes them and how you can fix them. So we talked to Dwayne and he's like, hey guys, I can't get through all three of those in one episode. We got to split this thing up. So that's what we did. And we decided to pull all of you in our Facebook group, which by the way, if you are not a part of, go check it out. It's called Marathon Training for Beginners full and half, and it's free to join. This group really is a safe space to ask any question or share any experience you may have had on your running journey. So come join us. Like I said, we asked which injuries you wanted to learn most about. So the top three votes were IT band syndrome, runner's knee, and shin splints. So in this first episode, we're going to be talking all about IT band syndrome, and then in following episodes, we'll cover the other two. Yeah, if you aren't currently dealing with IT band syndrome, we both still highly recommend that you listen to this episode. Yeah, That's because, I mean, even if you haven't dealt with it yet, you can learn how to prevent it, which is so key, as you know, in running or in anything. (laughs) And even if you've never experienced this pain, you can help tons of runners by having this knowledge because it really is such a common injury and it's really easy to diagnose. So here is Harrison and Dr. Dwayne Scotty. Wait, Mo, wait, 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 wait. We have to share the exciting news. (gasps) That's right. 
okay, let's do this. All right. So we're partnering with the most amazing sponsor for this episode. Mm -hmm. And before we tell you who it is, we need to take you down memory lane to 18-year-old Harrison and 18-year-old Mo. (laughs) Yes, the infamous surfer hair and rock band Harrison. (laughs) That's right. Music is what brought us together, Mo. Anybody listening who doesn't know that about us, we used to love listening to music in the car. Absolutely. We still do. Music is life. Truly. Oh, yeah. And we'd go to live shows together. Mm-hmm. And I loved watching Harrison play the drums. And one thing we love about running is we get to listen to music without the kids. No <laughs> Baby Shark, no Wheels on the Bus. You guys know the struggle. But the problem is when Mo listens to her music with her AirPods, I'm not even kidding. She can't hear anything. It's like she's in her own world, <laughs> which, you know, in any normal circumstance, it's like, okay, pretty cool. But when you're running <laughs> and there's cars, And dogs and such, it's not the safest thing in the world. Yeah, it can be a safety hazard. But in reality, true story, uh, the other day when my friend was driving, he happened to see me and he was trying to honk at me to say hi. And I just, I didn't hear him at all. And I'm pretty positive he was literally driving right next to me. Yeah, exactly. Case in point. So that's why when we got our aftershocks, it was a complete game changer. Mm -hmm. We could actually run together and she could hear me when I talked to her. So Aftershocks uses this bone conduction technology, which basically is a fancy way of saying they sit outside your ears, but don't actually go inside your ears. So it's like magic. You can hear the music and everything around you. Yeah. And honestly, I just feel so much safer when I listen to music and and podcasts with my aftershocks. It's at first I was like, I'm not going to get the same experience as my AirPods, but that is absolutely not the case. If anything, I feel like my experience has enhance tremendously by using aftershocks so you guys if you haven't tried them go to aftershocks.com slash crummy marathoners to get 15 percent off you will not be disappointed that's right guys get yourself some aftershocks and see for yourselves why runners everywhere are raving about these so go to aftershocks.com slash crummy marathoners that's spelled the normal way c-r-u-m-m-y marathoners and get the 15% off code. It's going to be in an orange bar kind of at the bottom of your screen. Go ahead and punch that in and you'll get the discount code. So excited, you guys. We can't wait to hear about how much you love them because we love them. We do. All right. Now it's time to jump into the interview. Here is Dr. Dwayne Scotty. Let's go. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Well, I'm sitting here with, well, not here, but I'm here virtually with the one and only Dwayne Scotty. Dwayne, what's going on? What's up, Harrison? How are you? As always, doing great. Anytime I'm in the presence of Dwayne or virtual presence of Dwayne, it's a good day. So thanks for taking the time. I know you're a busy guy. Hey, man, I'm happy to be here. I love your show. I love your podcast. I love what you're doing for beginner runners. And I'm just excited to talk about some of the uh, common uh, running-related injuries. So let's jump right in, Dwayne. Are you ready to talk about the the big one here, IT band? Absolutely. And, you know, I am just so 
fortunate enough to be able to talk to you about um, this injury because there are the the three common injuries like we're going to talk about in kind of future parts are are very common in runners and they honestly don't need to be. Um, and the best thing about these is that they will heal. And you know, you know what's even better is that they don't require any invasive procedures. You don't need any surgery. So the things that we're going to talk about today, Harrison, are really great because these are things that you can actually do as a runner to get better. And these are the things that you know, I've learned over my 18-year career as a physical therapist, myself as a runner, unfortunately, I've had some of these um, during my running journey when I started as an adult onset runner. So I kind of will share uh, a lot of what I'm going to be talking about is personal experience myself, um, helping, you know, thousands of runners over my career, and then what's out there in the literature and the research. And we'll get into some of that as well on best strategies to kind of identify these common sources of pain in runners and then talk about, you know, how do we get it better? And most importantly, and this is what I am really passionate about, is how do we prevent them and do the things that we need to do? So if you are even listening to this during your run and you don't have IT band syndrome, you know, this is going to be helpful for you to honestly help prevent yourself from having it during your next training cycle or when you jump up from running a half marathon to a full marathon distance. Um, these are the things that really make a difference in your training. And it really starts out with training in order to run instead of running as part of your training. And I'm sure we're going to get into that, but yeah, uh, I just wanted to kind of preface where I'm coming from just so you know the listener knows that this stuff is treatable and it will get better. And hopefully the things that we're going to talk about today are going to actually be able to allow you to continue to log those miles and run without needing to stop running. Well, I think that's kind of your tagline. You know, if anyone's listened to your podcast, which is everybody go check it out. If you haven't subscribed already, the healthy runner podcast, um, Dwayne talks a lot about being able to train through injuries, you know, being able to continue running. Um, but it does require some effort on your part as a runner. So one thing that's interesting to me about starting with IT band syndrome is that's the one of these three that I've never experienced myself. So the other two I have. So this is one where to me, there's a lot of mystery around it. So if you're listening right now and, and you've experienced this injury, then you're going to be super excited. I'm sure to hear this. If you haven't still listen to this episode. And the reason I say that is because you're going to be able to do some preventative measures to keep yourself from ever getting it. And, and Dwayne's got a little prize for everybody who listens to this. He's got a, do we want to talk about that? Do you want to, do you want to share a little bit about that? Absolutely. So the, the good thing is that the things we're going to go over today, Harrison, the listeners will not need to like write down notes. So if you are a note taker, as you listen to podcasts and you're like, want to take some notes as you go, um, what I've done is I've actually put all of the information we're going to talk about today, a little bit more in depth into an ebook for you. So I'm going to give that to your listeners for free, um, the ebook. So if you actually just really go to programs.sparkyourtraining.com, and I'm sure we'll throw that in the show notes, um, the link, but that will take you to the free ebook on iliotibial band syndrome and overcoming it and being able to run after iliotibial band syndrome and getting back to running with 
without ever having to have it happen to you again, which is the most important part. Well, if you guys know Dwayne, you know he doesn't give anything away for free. So jump on it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> he's got tons. I, I say that jokingly because he's got like literally a thousand YouTube videos of just free content. So go check him out. Go subscribe on YouTube as well. So let's jump right in. Um, let's talk about what is IT band syndrome. I heard you say a fancy word, iliotibial something or other. Did I say that right? You did. Iliotibial band. Yes. So that is the IT band. So we're just going to call it IT band. Uh, the syndrome is actually called like ITBS. Some people call it that. So you might hear, hear that thrown around. But IT band, what is the IT band? The IT band is actually a thick band of connective tissue that runs down the side of your thigh. So it starts up your hip muscles and attaches to the outside part of your knee. So it's really an extension of your glute max muscle at your hip and a muscle we call the TFL or the tensor fascia lata muscle. Yes, it is not a drink you get at Starbucks, but <laughs> it is a small muscle at the top of your hip and is very, very dominant in a lot of runners, believe it or not. And we'll kind of get into that on you know some of the contributing factors and the causes of this. And actually kind of funny or not so funny uh, side story there, Harrison, but I actually did a PhD and my dissertation was literally on the iliotibial band and how it impacts actually uh, runner's knee. So when we talk about runner's knee, that'll be helpful, but I've studied the iliotibial band more than anyone ever wants to and have reviewed more articles on the IT band than anyone would ever like to, because that was like a three-year passion project. I don't know so much passion, but it was a three-year project <laughs> to get the PhD. Um, but iliotibial band syndrome is actually in, we call it an overuse injury, which I don't know if I necessarily agree or like that term, but in the medical literature, it is called an overuse injury that is very common in runners. And, you know, you guys are the, the most common population to have it. Uh, the recreational runner, uh, the adult onset runner. So whether or not you're in your twenties to fifties or maybe even sixties, um, you might suffer this and it's really pain on the outside of your knee that is very pinpoint specific localized. So usually you can literally point your finger right on the pain. You will point to it. It's on the outside of your knee. It is not generally around the knee. We're going to get to that when we talk about runner's knee in a future episode, but this is pinpoint specific and it can be sharp at times and it becomes aggravated and or inflamed. And depending upon how long you've had it, it will be at different levels of pain or inflammation. Can we pause for a second? And, and you said you can pinpoint it, but can you teach us the method to figure out where that exact spot would be? Or is it multiple spots? No, it, it is a uh, pinpoint specific spot. So if you actually have your kneecap right on the front of your knee, everyone can find that. If you go from your kneecap and you go to the outside of your knee, your kneecap drops off. And there's like a little kind of maybe a little gully there. And if you keep following it outside, 
there's actually a tissue, that's your iliotibial band, where it connects down at your knee. And that's the point that it will be very painful. And usually it's very tender to touch if you have this condition. Okay. So would you say like maybe an inch or two out from that gully or is it different for everybody, obviously, because we're all different sizes? Yeah, definitely not more than an inch. So it's pretty much right there from where it drops off from your kneecap. I would say it really, it's kind of an inch out from the outside border of your kneecap. Got it. So there you go. Nice. And this, the symptoms, unfortunately, so like what you might experience if you're wondering if you have this condition is you're going to, you might feel like burning, you might feel aching, and it's going to be tender to touch in that spot in the acute stages. So if this just happened to you and, and this was a sudden increase in pain, and this isn't the most common, but if it was a sudden ramp up in mileage and you just, it was a beautiful day and you're like, you know what? I haven't run more than four miles, but today it's a gorgeous day. I'm feeling it. I'm going to go for 12 or 14. You're going to probably have some warmth and redness on the outside of that knee as well. And the most common kind of symptom or thing that increases the pain is with uh, downhill running. So if that describes you where you have this localized pain on the outside part of your knee that could be burning, aching, tender to touch, especially increases when you run hills, especially downhill, then most likely this is IT band syndrome. Got it. So then if we've checked all the boxes and, and we figured, okay, this is, this describes what, or, or this meets what, what Dwayne is describing here. You said it, it can come from a sudden ramp up from, from mileage. It could be a lot of hill work that maybe your body's not used to. Um, is there anything else that could cause that? I mean, do you feel it coming on for a while or is it just one of these activities triggers it suddenly? It is basically a ramp up of activity too much, too soon. And it could really cause by a variety of things, but it's usually associated with increasing your training loads or starting back up running after a long break. So maybe you kind of went into winter hibernation mode and now you're coming out, you know, with weather getting nicer in the spring and you're starting to run more. Um, Or maybe you're jumping into a new training plan that you really never done before and you're increasing miles, you're starting to add in speed work and you're even adding in some hill workouts or you might just live in an area that nothing is flat and there's hills all around you. A lot of the runners I work with, I'm over here in Connecticut. There are a lot of hills in Connecticut and it's hard to find an area sometimes to run where it is flat. And if you're doing all of those those things where you're jumping into training and adding load, it might be too much too soon for this band on the outside of your knee. So it's really too much load. And the other three causes of IT band syndrome is weak hip muscles, shortness of your IT band, or if you want to say like tightness of the IT band. Again, in the medical literature, we kind of refer to it as shortened IT band. And then the other fourth causative factor is really running on uneven road surfaces. So those are really the four things that um, are causative factors or why runners get this uh, syndrome. Okay. So great description there. And when you say shortness of 
that it, it's a tendon, right? It's more of actually a connective tissue. Technically, it's weird because it connects to the muscle and usually tendons connect muscles to bones. But okay. this uh, connective tissue is like super long. It goes down like the whole outside part of your thigh and it actually connects with other fascia. So the fascia are just like the saran wrap over our muscles. So there's like fascia of your quads on the front of the thigh, and then there's fascia from the back. And this all connects. So it's not so much a normal tendon like you think of getting tendonitis. Um, this tissue is definitely a little bit different than kind of normal tendons that we have in our bodies. Gotcha. Okay. So you talked about it. It can be short. And so to, is it possible to elongate that through stretching and through other activities? It is very hard, honestly, Harrison, um, because the muscle is so short in the hip and then it's this long connective tissue band, you know, there are some studies that have tried to deform this band, meaning like stretch it essentially. And it is more of, uh, they've done like on um, cadavers and they've proven that you cannot actually stretch this structure, nor do I think clinically and personally that you can really stretch the IT band. However, could you influence the IT band to improve its mobility? I do think there are strategies for that. And we're going to talk about that in the treatment, but it's not so much as easy to do a quick stretch. And the stretch for this band and muscle is extremely hard to execute. And I would say maybe 10 to 15% of the runners that I would even try it with actually feel the stretch. And if you're not feeling the stretch in the area that you should be feeling it, um, then to me, there's really no purpose in doing it. So you might be able to like Google IT band stretch, and you're going to see some ones that look like your leg is behind you. The, the hard part about this is there's so many variables that you need to do perfectly to actually feel the stretch where it needs to. Like I don't even honestly teach it to my PT students because they can't even feel it. Um, so it is unfortunately not a simple stretch that you can do to help improve the length of the IT band. Okay. So anything like that's pretty advanced. If, if, if you're going to recommend that, then runners should probably see a PT, uh, to, to work on that method if they were going to go that route. Yeah, absolutely. And honestly, even, I guess we should probably state this is we're going to give some generalizations here today, which you know, honestly, we'll probably wind up helping 60 to 70% of you out there. Um, but there's definitely going to be a certain percentage of you who don't really, let's say you implement everything that I talked about in today's talk, that it might not um, affect your pain and your scenario. So I always, always recommend seeing a good running physical therapist, whether it's locally or virtually, um, to really get down to the root cause of why you have IT band syndrome. And we're going to talk about the common culprits, but again, this is kind of common generalizations in patterns that I've seen over the years, what's in the literature, and we've done research on that has shown um, what are the causative factors. But again, your situation might be a little bit unique. And if you really want to fast track the process, I would definitely highly recommend that you work with a professional. Gotcha. So let's say someone listening right now is in that 60, 70%. They've, they've got what you've described, that pain on the outside of their knee. They just recently ramped up and they're, they're pretty certain, okay, this is what it is. They're self-diagnosing. This is 
IT band syndrome, which by the way, I'm also going to double down on what Dwayne just said. Please go see somebody local to you or do a virtual call with Dwayne because um, I, of course, am not a medical professional. Dwayne is. You always have the opportunity to, to reach out to somebody. Um, and what we're sharing today is, uh, of course, not going to apply to everybody. So, But let's just say I am one of those people it applies to and I'm listening to this. What can I do then to fix the issue? Is it treatable? You said I don't have to have surgery. That's great news, or at least maybe most of the time I wouldn't have to. Um, but but how long are we talking? I mean, is this going to take me a year to recover from? Is this something I can do in uh, one week's time of rest? Let's dive into all that good stuff. Yeah. So the like you said, the good thing about this is this is totally treatable. There literally is no surgery for this. So they don't even do a surgery at all. And you will not find any orthopedic surgeon who would do a surgery for this. So that's, that's the really good news. And in terms of how long this is going to take, it really depends upon how long you've had it. So we do know that those that have been running with this for a long time, it will take longer for those tissues to now start to remodel and start to heal. So it's a matter of implementing the treatment to take the stress off of this area, this actual tissue. And that's where getting down to the root cause of what is causing this irritation is key because once you get down to the root cause and just stop hiding the symptoms and maybe icing, and you might've seen a chopat strap, they call it, where you put a strap around the IT band, that is only putting a bandaid over it. So that will may help your symptoms during your run. That will definitely not treat the root cause of why you have it. So when we get to treatment, it is really relating to depending upon your tissue irritability. And what I mean by that is if you have high tissue irritability, so that example that I said before, if you ran four miles and then you went out and ran 12 or 14, then there's going to be inflammation around the IT band. It's going to be highly irritable. You know, your pain usually has started within the last couple of days. If you needed to rate it on a scale from zero to 10, usually you're going to rate it like a seven, eight, nine, 10 right on that pain scale. And this is pain that not only occurs with your running, but also occurs with walking and getting up and down from a chair. So to handle this, you know, you will need to definitely, definitely, you may, this is the only instance I'm a big fan of um, actually keeping you active and through your kind of aches and pains as you have as a runner. But this is the one instance, if it was this irritable, where I'd have one of my runners take a couple of days off and then reevaluate after those couple of days and then get into you know, some of that next phase treatment. But you will need to reduce your mileage at least by 50% if you're in this high irritable stage. In the lower, and the good thing though, Harrison, is this high irritability is not the common scenario. So most of you listening right now are most likely in a little bit lower irritability. It's like annoying, right? You're at maybe a three or a four out of 10. You're not feeling it during the day, but then you go for your run. It might feel a little stiff in the beginning and then you feel fine in the middle mileage. But then if you go down some hills, it definitely creeps back up on you and, it, and your pain might kind of come back and last for a couple of hours after your run. And you're just it's over time, over weeks, over months, it's just not getting better. It might be getting a little bit worse. So this is the most common scenario. 
And honestly, to handle this scenario in terms of treatment and recovery, you really need to modify your activity level, but you do not need to stop running. And I'm going to repeat that for the folks in the back. You do not need to stop running to heal from this injury. That's, that's great news. Everyone should be jumping out of their chairs right now because <laughs> who wants to stop running? Exactly. And you may go to a medical professional who isn't a runner and from what they learn in their training and no offense at all, because I've been through all these trainings, they look at IT band syndrome in a runner. It's because they're running. So what does the runner need to do? Stop running. And that's what most of you probably think, right? Is stop running, allow it to heal, just take some time off, rest, and then go back into it. The problem is you never address the root cause of why it happened to begin with. So it's most likely going to come back again once you ramp up your mileage or once you start increasing your speed with your runs. So it's a matter of really building up your strength is going to be key to getting over this condition. And that is the biggest take-home message that I want you guys to know is strengthening is going to be key. All right. That is the most important thing that you could be doing. So if, if I decide, okay, Dwayne's going to teach me these exercises, I'm going to do the strength training and I do nothing else. I don't foam roll. I don't ice. I don't do any of these other things. Is that okay? Am I still going to get through? Am I still going to recover completely just by strength training from this? Absolutely. Especially if you're in that low irritability phase, I would say to not ice whatsoever. Don't ice at all. Foam rolling, I do give my runners who have this condition foam rolling, but I'm going to tell you guys right now because you might have maybe tried foam rolling your IT band. You might have seen a video on it and you tried it and you were like, this is absolute torture. And you're like, there's no way I'm doing this. Or you might be doing it now and you're foam rolling your IT band and you're writhing there in pain and you've been doing it for weeks and months. And you're like, why is it not getting better? I heard you should foam roll your IT band in order to get it better. So one of the things that I've started to implement probably about five years now. Um, so as PTs, we go to some courses where we do different soft tissue techniques. You guys might've heard about um, the Graston technique or instrument assisted soft tissue mobilization. It's basically a massage with stainless steel instruments. So you guys might've seen them before. Sidekick is another one that's popular in the running community. But at this course, what we do and we learn when we see someone in the clinic is to actually release right in front of the IT band and right behind the IT band. And this actually causes a decompressive effect and takes tension off the IT band. So I've actually started implementing this with my foam rolling routine and have gotten some awesome results from the runners that I work with. Personally, I think it feels amazing and is a lot more tolerable. So I actually have a video of that on my YouTube channel and it is definitely in the IT band um, syndrome blueprint or the free PDF that we're going to give you guys um, for listening to this episode, but it will show you exactly what you need to do to get right in front of the IT band, right behind the IT band. And it doesn't need to be extremely painful. And the other thing is that the more you roll following this method, the less sensitive it will be. And you might need to start out with a softer foam roller. You don't need to go for the kill with like the one with the knobs and the rumble roller. That's the one I like to use, by the way. But start out with softer ones and then gradually increase as those tissues become more pliable to ones that are a little bit more firm. Got it. Okay. So 
foam rolling, definitely a good thing. Ice, like you said earlier, only in those rare instances that it's like an eight or a nine and you're just trying to get the swelling down, right? And then anything else that we're going to do besides strength training? Because I know we're going to talk about strength training here in a second. No, honestly. Um, the other thing that you might want to modify for those that are running on some serious country roads where you have a large angle to it. So the camber in the road, the basically the road's not flat, right? When you're running on the road, you almost feel like you're uneven where, you know, if you're running directly into traffic, like you should be for safety wise, and the cars are coming at you, you're going to notice like your right foot is higher than your left foot. It's almost like your left foot's like longer. So this creates a little bit of a leg length discrepancy. We call it the functional leg length discrepancy, but this could cause this hip drop to happen and actually cause more stress to the IT band. So if you are doing all your runs on these country roads that are really have this significant angle to it that allow water to be able to drain when it runs, um, you know, you're going to want to think about switching up your surfaces if at all possible, if you have access to a track or you have access to some flatter um, ground, that is one thing that could be a huge difference maker. Um, in runners. And then it's really a matter of strengthening your side hip muscles. And those are what we call the gluteus medius muscle. It is the most important running muscle you actually have. It is the muscle that stabilizes your pelvis when you are standing on one leg. And when you run, in case you don't know, you're always on one leg. So my, you know, biggest, biggest, really educational point that I want to make with you today is if you're doing strength training already and you're like, well, Dwayne, I'm already doing strength training. I'm doing a HIIT workout. My question to you is how many of those exercises actually force you to stand on one leg? And if they don't, then you're actually not strengthening the most important running muscle you have. So, you know, think about that when you're standing on one leg, it does force you to contract this muscle that needs to contract and stabilize your pelvis when you run. The biggest link in the research, why runners get iliotibial band is because their hip drops or their pelvis drops and strengthening that side hip muscle actually keeps our pelvis level with every single step that we take during our runs. All right. So I know you're going to put this in the PDF, but what are some of the exercises that we can do uh, to strengthen that that medial tibial, medial gluteus. How do you say it? <laughs> gluteus medius muscle. There we go. Just let's just call it the side hip muscle. Side hip. All right. Let's call it that. How do we strengthen that? So the biggest thing that I find is that number one, because some of your listeners might have been doing this already and they do these kind of crab walks or these sidewalks with a mini band. And I love giving these to my runners, but what I find a lot of times is there is a muscle imbalance with folks that have IT band syndrome, meaning your TFL muscle. So that muscle we talked about earlier that connects to your IT band is dominant and it's overused and you're not using the muscle on the side of the hip toward the back end of your hip. And it's a matter of getting that muscle to activate. So the easiest way you guys can do this, and I'm going to try to describe this as best as possible. So you get the audio, but obviously you'll have access to the video as well. But if you lie on your side against a wall, so your back is against the wall, what you're going to do is you're going to actually kick your leg up to the side 
like if you were kicking your leg up to the ceiling. However, keep your heel sliding against the wall. So definitely do this with socks on so you don't take your sneaker and just mark up your walls. Um, You're going to slide up the wall. And because your heel is forced to stay against the wall, it actually contracts more of the muscles in the back part of your hip, which are the back fibers of that gluteus medius muscle we want to activate. And I call this exercise the humbler because it looks super simple, but when you actually try it, it is very hard and you feel a great burn on the outside part of your hip. So I do like to start on activating that muscle, teaching your brain how to use that muscle. And then Harrison, we transition it to standing exercises. And before I even go to the band side, sidestepping, I like to do what we call a hip drop exercise which teaches you how to control that hip drop that you're going to need to control when you're running. So there's an exercise that you're slowly lowering the hip down and then raising up, actually contracting that side hip muscle. And it's all a matter of re-educating your body, your brain to send the signals to those muscles to, hey, I'm working these guys. And these are not not common muscles that you worked out in the gym before. And you're like, yeah, today I'm going to do my gluteus medius strengthening, right? It's not like, oh yeah, I'm doing buys and uh, back today, right? You're like, yeah, I'm doing glute medius today. But super important muscle for runners to be able to activate and then include in their strength programs in the future. Okay. So I got the the heel to the wall. We're going up, we're going down. How high are we going up? Maybe four inches. Yeah, not not much more than that. You don't kick very high because then we lose the effects of gravity, pushing down on your leg. So you don't want to kick up too high. This isn't like, you know, you're you're trying out to be like a rocket or anything, Harrison. <laughs> okay. See, but I, I envisioned going up like two feet. So you're saying just like four inches up and then back down. Yeah. Okay. And then how many on each leg? Like ten and do three sets of ten, or is there a rule of thumb for deciding that? Well, is all going to depend upon your strength level. So there are, believe it or not, some runners and even some young runners I see, I'm like at all at how inefficient they are at actually activating this muscle. And your body's going to tell you if you're doing it right. And if you do it exactly how I showed in the video, um, you might feel burning at literally six to eight reps. But in general, you want to work up to a higher rep range because this is more of an endurance type muscle. So you should be able to use it for, you know, usually I'll give my runners 12 to 15 repetitions. And then sometimes we even go up to 20 repetitions. So that might be a progression. I don't go much more than 20 at that point. Okay. And how often should a runner be doing something like this? Every day, three times a week? Well, if you have active IT band symptoms right now, and you're really trying to get over this condition, you should be doing this at least five times a week. And then as your symptoms start to decrease, then like this exercise in particular, the one where we were lying on our side, that really goes into once a week kind of as like a maintenance phase, and then eventually gets phased out totally because now you've actually implemented all of the necessary progressions and standing. And you're doing a lot of single leg training and single leg squats, which are going to get that, you know, gluteus medius muscle. And you're doing some of your sidestepping. So you're strengthening it on a weekly basis. You should always think about you for the long term as a runner, you need to strengthen your gluteus medius muscle. So if this is the first time you're hearing about it, 
it, I go in depth in my kind of uh, five tips uh, to run stronger and healthier, or what I like to call the spark blueprint. And this is the first muscle I mentioned. Um, there are like five running specific muscles. The gluteus medius is first and foremost. So that is a muscle. If you haven't been actually isolating it and thinking about it with your strength training, hopefully now you will because it's key to preventing many of the common running related injuries, especially IT band syndrome. Gotcha. So one concern I've always had about doing exercises when it comes to physical therapy is, you know, when you go to the gym and you lift weights, they say, oh, you want to give a day in between to recover. Does that not apply when you're doing these types of exercises? No, not for this because we're not adding load, right? So I would never that side, let's say sliding up the wall exercise, you do not need to add cuff weights. You do not need to. If you're doing it correctly, you're going to feel burning. So we're not really adding significant load to this, Harrison. So definitely when we do the progressions and we add resistance and you're adding band work. So I have some further progressions and that I have in my kind of like healthy runner um, strength program, which is for people who aren't in pain right now then yes, you need to have a day off because it's just like any other thing you do in the gym. Same principles apply. You need to allow recovery. Gotcha. Okay. So you talked about that one. You talked about the the hip stabilizing. Um, are there others that you're going to throw into that PDF or others that you feel are worth talking about right now? Yeah, no, I think those are the big ones, honestly, the um, foam rolling as well as activating the side hip muscles and then, you know, strengthening that muscle in standing. Those are the big things, you know, within the PDF, I do have, um, some other tips on, you know, getting a little more in depth on the actual causative factors and showing you like what the test looks like when we assess the length of the IT band, uh, which is called the Ober test. But yeah, that's all there in the PDF for you. Okay. And just if you could give us one example of like a standing exercise when you do transition, I know you mentioned a single leg squat. Um, is, is that probably your go-to? Well, a single leg squat is definitely going to get multiple muscles. So that is probably one of the best running exercises for those that are healthy and looking for like total prevention. As long as you're performing it correctly, absolutely. Because you're going to strengthen your glute max, your quads, as well as your side hip muscle, the gluteus medius. So you're getting like three all important running muscles in one exercise. So absolutely single leg squat is great. Um, the mini band sidestepping is another great one. As long as you're doing it correctly, I see so many people doing this wrong. And this is where you're going to take like one of those smaller mini bands. You put it around just above your knees and you, you walk like a crab. Essentially you go sideways, but a lot of people, when they do this, they lean their body over. So if you just think about actually doing this and keeping your head over your hips and don't lean to the side, that increases the demand to those side hip muscles so much more and you will get a good burn. So that is a staple in my program. Definitely once a week, I am performing that exercise. And there are some other ones that I have my YouTube channel where you're kind of doing like a side step up exercise with the mini band and you're kicking out to the side, coming back in. There are, there are a bunch of other like harder progressions, Harrison. Um, but the, that's just to give give you guys an idea. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, cool. And and I would just recommend to everybody listening, go on Amazon for like 20 bucks. You can get, they, they have packs of two or three of these bands and um, totally worth it. Something that if you just make the investment now, you'll be using them for years to come. So 
Well, Dwayne, that that's you got pretty in depth there. I was, I'm impressed in just about 35 minutes here. But if I if I don't have any of these symptoms, do all the same exercises and the foam rolling apply, or wh- what would you say for someone who's listening who um, just wants to to prevent the injury? Absolutely. So those are the biggest things to prevent this injury is just think about general health of your IT band. So I definitely recommend foam rolling the IT band as well as some other important running related muscles. And actually in the PDF, I give you my top five muscles to foam roll um, for runners. So, you know, taking care of the soft tissue essentially. So we're really allowing some recovery and kind of making them more pliable. Um, before your runs, after your runs. So definitely foam rolling and definitely dedicating some side hip muscle specific exercises into your training. I love it. Well, any last words on IT band syndrome? No, I think it's really a matter of training in order to run as opposed to running being your only form of training. And, you know, think progression, train smart with proper progression Uh, will prevent you from getting this condition. And if you do have this condition, now after what we've talked about, you can probably reflect on what it was that caused it to increase. And 99 times out of 100, it's not the actual running. It was the training error that you did in jumping up your mileage, jumping up your elevation, or jumping up with speed. Um, that caused this to happen. But address those contributing factors I talked about, and you will get better. This will get better, and you don't need to stop running. And this isn't the end of your running career. So this will heal, this will get better, and you will be able to run um, without having this stubborn outside of your knee pain. And uh, if you get this, that doesn't mean you have bad knees, right, Dwayne? Definitely not. No, definitely it doesn't mean you have bad knees whatsoever. This is fixable. Well, I want to keep talking about knees, but we're going to get into that in our next episode. So thank you everyone for tuning in and be sure to tune in the next time when we release an episode part two with Dwayne. We're going to talk all about runner's knees. So stay tuned and we can't wait for you to join us. Thanks, Dwayne. Thank you, Harrison. I'm looking forward to uh, part two. Follow us on Instagram at crummy marathoners. We'd love to hear your feedback and take any questions you might have. Also, don't forget to subscribe so you know when new episodes come out. And please leave us a five-star review so more people can join this friendly journey with us. Our theme song is Change the World by Breck. You can find his music on Spotify. Search his name under B-R-E-K-K.